0: and boom goes the dynamite. Seven of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man?
1: Jeff, for the first time tonight, I'm doing great. for the For the first attempt,
0: for the first attempt, right? Yes, right on the first try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- we, we don't do retakes here ever. Nope,
1: no nope, Not no us. second takes. There's no cutting room floor. <laughs> it's all there.
0: Um. For those concerned about the, the music that you heard at the top of the show, uh, the, the, it, this is not the new theme. It, it, it's just... Uh, well, it, it is today. Today it is. It, it today is, it is a
1: day we, 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 of we celebration, have, and that's why we will be recording this podcast while I'm drunk.
0: It, it is a day of celebration and mourning because the pen I have been using... Since this show started, to take notes in my notebook, I've already got through two other notebooks, but the pen ha- has remained the same, and it's finally well, dying. So, let me
1: just say, Jeff, rest in peace to your pen. It's what rest. It's, it's a piss to one. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Hey.
0: Yeah, I you know what they they say you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. You know what? Um I I I'm going to quote uh, Perry Farrell in uh the the, the classic song Pigs in Zen by by Jane's Addiction. Uh some people just deserve to die. That's just unconscious knowledge.
1: Yeah, and... when people say you don't just speak ill of the dead, I want to quote Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. I disagree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Rush I just Limbaugh, watched Uncut Gems again. It's still fantastic. By you, know the way. It's I, I, just- you know what? You know what?
0: I I watched the first half hour of that movie, and I made the mistake of trying to do it right as I was laying down in bed and i had oh, to stop because i feel like i was on cocaine
1: it's a lot the movie is a lot there's so much there's so much going on all the time and that's why it's so good and like but you yeah you do have to be in a certain mindset you have to be ready for it you have to be ready to experience it like you, the phones are down you're not like multitasking like I, this is an era where you know movies are in the background now right movies tv shows you're always doing something else we have two monitors if you're looking at a computer you got your phone screen you got the other screen there's a multi-screen experience uncut gems is a movie you just got to focus right the fuck in on and just take in all the way and uh it really is an experience though it's a great film uh if you haven't watched it i don't know why but like you know go watch it
0: uh back to rush limbaugh uh fuck him and uh the the, the, dead ass bitch the, the 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 damage he has done to this country and this society it is immeasurable. It's going to take decades. To, to And to, as to... you know, we
1: are we are professional broadcasters, Jeff. And, uh, you know, Rush had allegedly a very large impact on that industry. But you know what he didn't really do was podcast. So suck it, Rush Limbaugh, you behind the times dead bitch.
0: Yeah, basically, fuck Rush Limbaugh. So, you know, yeah, Rush so Limbaugh ba- sucks. basically, that if you recognize the song, that's the the, the crab rave song. And uh, yeah. there was a lot of that going around today. So I so, we figured so we were going to jump in. I uh,
1: I promised this on our Twitter at uh, BGTD podcast on Twitter that I had a loosely connected AEW Rush Limbaugh story. Oh, so, go right ahead. I do want to get into that before I do that. Uh, very important. Wait, wait for it. Yeah.
0: Wow, this is just in a can check, so is it? Fancy.
1: No, I'm so fancy that I'm lighting blunts with matches. Wow. It's just because my girlfriend has my lighter outside of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found some matches to light this blunt with. All right, let,
0: let, let's hit this tale because we have a lot to get into today.
1: <clears throat> well, it's about cigars and tobacco. Okay. So it all ties in. I promise we'll get there. So I'm at StarCast 2018 Chicago. I'm Hoffman, drinking Hoffman
0: Estates you mean.
1: Hoffman Estates. Well,
0: no, actually the Starcast was
1: in we have, we have audiences all over not just <laughs> the country but the world, Jeff. So all over the world wherever you are uh it's sort of Chicago. Uh, I digress. So I'm I'm drinking at the bar at Starcast and um uh, I'm chatting with the gentleman next to me. Um I buy him a, a whatever he's drinking because I just like to be nice and buy people drinks whatever. Um and it turns out this guy, like, starts, like, talking a lot. And I kind of just, like, sat back and started listening to him because the first thing he mentioned is that he knows, like, Cody and Frankie Kazarian.
0: Well,
1: I and it to- out... I think
0: you told me this, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. I th- so it turns out that this guy is, like, the, uh, the third guy in the Cody Frankie Kazarian uh, cigar company, Amer- American Rebel Cigars, right? So he's, like, the other guy. And he was very, very keen on talking about himself, so I decided to just sit back and listen. So I do, and he tells me this whole story about how he worked for Rush Limbaugh, the aforementioned dead fucking Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity, and how he's been doing conservative radio forever, and about how uh, tobacco doesn't cause cancer, and cigarettes and cigars aren't harmful for you and he was a lobbyist for the tobacco industry um and just like a far right like crazy guy right and he asked me he's like what do you think about politics i was just like "Eh," you know i acted like i don't i don't care about politics and i just sat back and listened to this guy well he was so uh happy to let like talk about himself with somebody he offered to let me uh go in free the next day to their like cigar event right at starcast okay So it's Cody and Frankie, or it's Cody and this guy's and Frankie Kazarian Cigar Company. And they're having an event, the last day of StarCast. It's like 50 bucks to get in. And uh, this dude offers to just, like, uh, uh, get me in for free. It's like, all right, cool. (laughs) Whatever. I did that. And so I have um, pictures of me smoking cigars with, like, pro wrestlers. Uh, in an event that I was brought into free from a far right guy, and this guy didn't know that he went out of his way for a dirty, dirty commie. Wow.
0: That that that, that that's touching. What, what what a touching. Uh, it fuck you,
1: a... fuck you, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, yeah, fuck I, Rush, I, I, Rush, I hope you're. I hope you, Rush Limbaugh, who like literally told me that fucking uh, nicotine cures cancer.
0: Yep. Um, I hope you're roasting in hell right now. Quite frankly, and I, and that's it, how it's... that's gonna go. Say again?
1: I said, I hope it's warm. I hope it's a nice, warm experience for him. Mm-hmm. In hell. In hell. Um, hell, he is resting.
0: I, I'm not going to ask if you watch Impact this week. Uh, the big story from Impact, of course, was, you know, Juice Robinson and David Finley from New Japan showing up.
1: Um, yeah, I did.
0: Hear, but I did not see did it. You, I don't know if you saw it dark, but let, let's talk about the real well, thing. Ask
1: if I saw dark.
0: Uh, did you see dark?
1: Yes. And I want to talk about it a little bit. So, um, there's unrest in the Galactic Senate and several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. (laughs) This separatist movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to meet. Ah, shit. That's attack of the clones. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's attack of the clones.
0: Is this your new gimmick now? You're just going to, every time uh, I ask if you watch Dark, you're just going to tell me about a movie you watch?
1: I don't know, Jeff. You're just going to have to ask me if I watch Dark next week (laughs) and find out. Uh... Did watch some of Dark. There was a couple of good things. Eddie Kingston beat up Aaron Solo. John Moxley opened the show. Uh, there was some Team Taz squashes. And I think that show is really carried by uh, uh, Taz and Excalibur's commentary, which, again, very good. Anthony Agogo has been joining them lately, and that's been nice. Uh, they get, like, other people rotating in. But those two together, really great stuff. Fun to listen to.
0: Okay, so the real thing that we had to talk about, of course, is the Japanese block of the Women's Eliminator Tournament, which was only on YouTube.
1: Oh, a YouTube exclusive, Jeff. It's exclusive content.
0: Uh, Every single match of this uh, is worth watching, even though one result, I'm going to to boo loudly about the result. So
1: we'll go through. We'll we'll make this one quick a little bit. Okay, so
0: we do. Okay, so the first match of the evening, uh, Yuka Sakazaki uh, representing DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, defeats uh, May Saruga of Gato Move.
1: Yes, uh, and May Suruga, someone who had never really seen wrestle like live, uh, twenty-one years old. Holy shit, that's a lot of talent. Yeah, she, she's wrestling.
0: a yeah. Uh, she there was a lot of unique offense in that match. Absolutely. Um, the second match, uh, May Suruga's trainer, uh, Emmy Sakura, the 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 godhead of of Gato Move, uh, defeated.
1: A better Freddie Mercury uh, character and personification than Rami Malek, uh,
0: but maybe not Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: No, uh, maybe yeah. better than Shinsuke Nakamura.
0: Uh, I don't know, but yeah, uh, she's pretty
1: good. And, 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 oh, she's it's very good. I, I, but I don't
0: know. I don't know if she's Shinsuke Nakamura level, though. But uh, in any event, I mean, she, I mean, keep in mind, Shinsuke Nakamura actually did pose as Freddie Mercury for a, a Japanese magazine cover.
1: He, uh, he a, told, a
0: fashion magazine at that.
1: He told an acquaintance of mine that he was Jackie Chan once. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, Emi Sakura, uh, of Gotto Move, uh, defeated, uh, Venny, who, who you may not recognize. She is, they, okay. they, excuse me, sorry, pronouns, pal. That they are known by a name that is already being used in America by another wrestler. Uh but they work uh mostly Pro Wrestling Wave, uh Pro Wrestling Diana and DDT and Tokyo Joshi. Uh special note about Vaney's uh kimono that they came out in, uh that was Hanakamura's.
1: That belonged to Hanakamura, yeah, Excalibur did make a point to mention that and uh definitely Touched me in, in the in the feels and had me feeling uh, all types of sad. But uh, a touching tribute. Uh, Hanna's mother gave it to her, uh,
0: they, to them. them. Yeah, see, great now stuff. you've done it too, so there we go. I will do
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's my fault. And I think it's also great, uh, you know, digression, but I think it's really cool that, you know, this is the women's tournament, but they're just okay with having non-binary Wrestler is there just the same way that they would have a non-binary wrestler on like you know the quote-unquote men's division. Uh, just a little thing that that is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a very touching tribute and a very fun match. We're really nice that all these matches got some time to breathe. This is the pro of it being on YouTube, and I know there are cons too. And I think you know wrestling aside, I think the the conversation that's worth having here that ties into what we talk about in this podcast a lot is um, that right?
0: Yes, in, indeed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that the, where they filmed this did not really flatter the tournament, but again, but yeah, you know, but, you know thing but, but thing again, like- Japan's also still under a state of emergency right now too. So. Yeah. So like the,
1: the, the thing is the presentation, I think the conversation around this show has been more about the presentation of it and where it was more even than the wrestling, which is unfortunate, I think, because there was some really good wrestling here. Uh, we had a Maki Ito match and a Maki Ito musical performance. Uh,
0: and I want justice so, for Maki Ito.
1: There is a lot. Yeah, Maki Ito Respect Army lives forever. Uh, so, like, there's – and there was a lot to like about it. But from a purely production standpoint, I can understand why these matches were not aired on TNT, right? Because they don't look the same. They're not presented the same. You don't have the same quality control that you have on your major cable network television show. Right. So you know, th- I do understand that, and I don't think they're working in bad faith against this tournament. I think they're just wrong on a couple things. Rob, but I don't I g- genuinely you know don't know how you do any better. Well, I'll tell you, you know? what: it,
0: it didn't look any worse than when they were filming from the Nightmare Factory in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, during, during I mean, lockdown. I was those didn't look that much different from what they're doing at daily's place besides the crowd. I mean, they had the same set they were using. Yeah. What was it Glacier's big football field thing, like yeah. his big football field. And it seemed fine. Like it was just fine presentation. I and mean, the ceilings were a little lower, obviously. So you had to, you know, work with that. Right. But yeah, no, the, the women's thing looked like something you would see on IWTV or fight.
0: So, right. Uh,
1: and that's fine. I don't think that's a bad thing, uh, but I understand why it's not there. Now there are, other parts of that that aren't great either like they're talking about putting other matches like american side matches on youtube now that isn't as good
0: yeah that yeah that that that, that well in, in any event uh Vinny, they look fantastic i almost i i bit on the finish a couple of times
1: in yeah the- great and i thought it was an interesting decision for emmy to uh go over there but i guess uh bracket wise well,
0: well, I'll well, I'll explain what the 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 key secret of of who went over and who didn't uh after this. Uh, the third match is the one I want justice for in that Maki Ito uh of course of DDT and Tokyo Joshi. Um even though she was the main attraction as far as I was concerned,
1: Definitely she, the anchor. She, she, you would she, think it's Aja Kong, and a lot of people would think it's Aja Kong at first glance, but that is not true. The real anchor of this thing is Maki Ita. Uh,
0: she fell. She tapped to uh, Ryo Mizunami of Seedling. Um, I mean, it was a great match, but God damn it. So I here's it, what Maki I do get from someone
1: over. who's a little outside of and I obviously don't have as much knowledge as you, and I'm not as connected to it or as close to it as you. But I'm actually um,
0: nowhere near connected on Joshi. But, you know, anyway, continue.
1: Okay, sure. But like uh, from someone who's just kind of seeing this, like from this perspective, I guess what I like about it is I think Ryo Mizunami is like a huge character. Right? Like someone who I think could be like a, a big deal on, on a show like Dynamite. I just think has the right look and personality for it. And uh, either way, Maki Ito is going to be fine. Maki Ito could lose every match she wrestles for the next like fucking 20 years and no one would care.
0: Well, I mean, again, there's a, there's a big secret to who went over and who didn't, but uh, I'll reveal that here momentarily. In the fourth match, uh, Aja Kong. Uh, Kind of beat this, beat the piss out of Rin Katakawa. of marvelous, a marvelous, a marvelous, and wave.
1: This is what was supposed to happen. Like Aja Kong was supposed to come back to AEW and beat somebody up. Like we haven't seen her in what eleven months, twelve months.
0: Uh, no, more than that. The last time we saw Aja double Kong was no, so, uh, no, not double another. It was uh, oh shit, it might have been Fight for the Fallen.
1: Oh yeah, she did show up. So that was July 2019. Yeah. So yeah, damn, a year and a half, damn near almost yeah. coming up on two years.
0: So yeah, so the 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 super secret as to who went over uh, in this tournament are all the women that went over have already worked AEW before.
1: Ah yes, this is true. So. Yeah. This, this, and that would make sense. Okay, because you're probably gonna have to. I don't know. Are are we doing those other those next matches stateside? Are these uh, semis happening in the? Uh, well, it the was it Budokan, right? They're at well, the Budokan for that.
0: Well, it, it's a Saitama Budokan. It's not even Saitama the. Budokan? It's a Saitama Budokan. Saitama. Um, Budokan, or was it? Budokan? Or was it Sendai?
1: I don't know. It was like a little warehouse type thing with just an AEW banner that you can still see the fold lines on, which, I mean, here's the thing, man. Obviously, you can't put this on TNT. They couldn't even iron the banner. Okay, so... Get the creases out of the banner.
0: Long story short, the next time this YouTube show goes live, there's going to be two American matches and then the two, the two semifinal, the the two Japanese semifinals.
1: So so the idea here with the women's matches being there so that they can fill an hour on a Monday with all was having four matches. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which again, I get, but okay. So here's a fun suggestion that we kind of came up with in a wrestling group. DM I'm in is uh, like a, like if AEW were to bring back like a, like a true B show, like a Saturday morning studio show type thing, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, where you could have like your comedy type matches, stuff for the kids, recaps, and then air these kind of matches, and you could have that on on you know uh, cable, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, perhaps. Uh, now hey, that sounds. It, it does sound like a good idea. Now, uh, the the best part about all this is that. The Dark Order has been heavily trying to recruit Maki Ito ever since, and Maki Ito is, like, no-selling this, like, calling them simps and, you know, demanding the money. And
1: <laughs> It's been <laughs> some very good posting. It, it, uh, it's it, it, been well, good it, posting. If there was any, like, uh, a group of people to be doing a good round of posting like this, I think John Silver at al uh versus maki ito is really good stuff
0: yes it is and now we have 30 minutes to get this show done so let's get live let's go let's get live to daily's place in, in jacksonville florida for episode 67 of aew dynamite uh your hosts jim ross tony Schiavone, and excalibur we go right into match one and it is adam page and matt hardy versus the hybrid two um
1: you know yeah, I love the Hyper 2 match to open the show. I,
0: I, I, I agree, but God, Matt Hardy was, he, he was not good today.
1: So, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, important things about this. One, Matt Hardy doesn't have to be good at wrestling anymore. And, and Matt, as a matter of fact, him being bad at wrestling serves this character positively, I would contend. Because it makes it all that more frustrating when he's getting in the way of talents like Adam Page in Private Party. So that's fine by me, really. Second thing, he also doesn't have to succeed in this match because Adam Page was on fire fire tonight
0: oh he was great
1: and Hybrid did has been like basically for the last couple of months adam page is really doing great work bell to bell his matches have been fantastic he's been the highlight of all of his matches i think
0: Oh no, uh, hey, of matt,
1: recent memory he's crushing
0: i i agree uh but yeah matt hardy brought this match down and I, I, yeah, no, I mean, no, he, 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 he botched a bunch in this match. I'm sorry. He
1: was slow. I would call him slow. He was definitely a step behind, uh, but, you know, saved by the hybrid two. Jack Evans had a couple of weird uh, little things here. Everyone felt like there was a couple chemistry issues. Like if you're going to, yeah, uh, get into the details of the match, but I think the, uh, especially on Helico and Adam Page really carried it.
0: Uh, Matt Hardy gets the win on Angelico with the uh, with a twist of fate. Afterwards, uh, Matt tries to bring up the contract again, and then uh, Adam Page shows that uh, uh, yeah, he actually signed a different contract. <laughs> the switcher, really-
1: which we did not mention last week, we both missed on our first watch. We didn't, met- uh, yeah, well, we.
0: Yeah, we. You said the there was
1: a swerve, but you did not explicitly like bring up like that switcheroo, and neither did I. We both missed the switcheroo on first watch. It's
0: true. It's true. Uh, that is
1: some David Blaine ass sleight of hand right there.
0: But anyway, the the real contract is now there will be Adam Page versus Matt Hardy at Revolution, and the loser. The, the the winner gets the losers a hundred percent of their quarter one earnings.
1: It's a money match, baby! Ching ching ching! Uh, uh, ring that cash register and have the slot machine sounds <laughs> ding 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 ding! Money uh, match, money plane, money train.
0: Now this uh, now this contract was delivered by the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. However, it turned out to be Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party beating down. The Dark Order uh, beating down uh, Adam Page, along with uh, the Hybrid Two, who uh, Matt Hardy suddenly hired to to, to beat him up. Uh, Adam Page was then saved by uh, the Dark Order.
1: Yes, uh, uh,
0: on order. I'm super I'm,
1: happy. This story. We talked about this not being over yet, and it is not over.
0: I, I'm getting the feeling that this was a this was a call on Negative One One's part.
1: I mean, I think Negative One doesn't disagree with it, but I think this is the plan, dude. Like, this is the deal. This is the whole thing. This was their slow burn plan, I think. I don't know if how much they're going to change it because, uh, you know, obviously due to Brody Lee's passing, but I think Adam Page was in the cards all along. But I really like what we're doing here. This is a slow build to what I think is, I'll say it now, probably leading to Adam Page taking over Dark Order at some point.
0: Well, all I know is, that uh, this is
1: starting to make me think this is real. This kind of stuff right here makes me think that we're like months away from that.
0: Uh, thing is negative one still kind of nominally in charge and uh, the Queen Regent owes Adam Page uh, uh, a complete bullocking before any <laughs> of this happens.
1: Me next.
0: Oh, you, you want to get yelled at by Anna Jay?
1: Yes, I would like her to say really, really mean things to me, like oh. just cut to the core of my character, like really make me reexamine myself and like probably cry later. OK, well, yeah, that's that... negative one's mask. Very cool. He's it, got his own mask now. He Good does have him. his
0: own mask. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still think he maybe should be wearing a shirt given, you know, it, I mean, he's eight years old. I mean, he's
1: jacked. Here's the thing, though. He's jacked.
0: He's a jack. He is a jacked eight-year-old, that's true. Right. Look, man,
1: if you were that jacked, wouldn't you not wear a shirt? I mean, hmm,
0: I don't know. I mean, Glenn Danzig didn't on
1: uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Exactly, and <laughs> Glenn Danzig is cool, and everyone knows that. Right, right. yes. And everyone thinks Glenn Danzig is cool. I rest my case.
0: <laughs> we go backstage, and uh, Tantana Ortiz uh, start cutting a promo. However, the rest of the Inner Circle have to get involved, and... Uh, uh, MJF starts you know losing his mind again before Chris Jericho who by the way fuck you know what I, I'm drawing the line fuck Chris Jericho I'm, I'm, I mean here's I'm, the, I'm Chris
1: Jericho's a, a big shithead and everyone knows Chris Jericho is a big shithead you're still allowed to be entertained by Chris Jericho it's okay to be entertained by shitheads I promise you it's fine you're not giving him money directly you're not putting it. You're watching the TV show he's on. He, he's an asshole, but he is kind of entertaining.
0: Yeah. Well, his, his wife was at the Capitol. So, you know, his you, wife you, was absolutely at the Capitol.
1: So, his yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, at Capitol. Uh, you know what? Look, maybe look, maybe you know, Jericho's just a wife guy. Maybe he doesn't even like the Trump shit. Maybe he's just a wife guy.
0: Look, man, if, if I had a to draw...
1: try to keep the wife happy. What if Jericho was like, no, actually, to be honest, I support Bernie Sanders. I'm just trying to keep my wife happy.
0: Yeah, look, okay, if I had to draw a line under Morrissey,
1: then the rest of y'all can draw a line yeah, under Chris yeah, Jericho. No, like, like, Morrissey is like a fascist, but his music is still pretty good.
0: And actually, the, the last album I heard from him uh, was not great. It, no, it, that, listen- was even, no, that was even was even before, though. What the... are you doing? Just listen to the Smiths. Well, yeah, because that's still Johnny Marr's band, too, so. You know, there you yeah,
1: exactly. It's hey, funny. Like... Uh, you know, I know this isn't, like, really the podcast for it. And, like, I'm a big dumbass. I'm not, like, the guy who can steer a conversation on any of this stuff. But we, we – this is a podcast about professional wrestling. Like, one of the stupidest, most ridiculous, and also most problematic art forms in, a like, uh, a Western culture's history, Right. Like, I'm not gonna, like, draw the moral lines that, like, these shitheads entertaining me. I've been entertained by shitheads my whole life. It's wrestling.
0: I mean, I get the point, but, you know, at some point you also just kind of have to start, you know, saying no to some things, you know?
1: absolutely, but, like... And and
0: besides which, this inner circle angle is... I'm well past the point of caring at this point, too.
1: Oh no! I don't give a shit about the inner circle angle. Okay, no, all <laughs> right, all right. That's well, then, totally well, from all the other things. I don't give a fuck about the inner circle storyline at all anymore. Like it's dead. This is all. This feels like pro or uh, epilogue to me. Yeah. Sammy Guevara. It's okay. Sammy Guevara quitting is the Ozymandias, and everything now is the last two episodes of Breaking Bad that don't actually matter. <laughs> it's my Breaking Bad <laughs> okay, analogy. Okay, all
0: right. When you said Ozymandias, I thought you were going to make another Watchmen.
1: I am not going to make an. Oh no, I'm talking about the uh, the well-respected episode of Breaking Bad, Ozymandias, which is like the show's real se- series finale, and then the other two episodes after it kind of feel like an epilogue. And this feels like the inner circles epilogue.
0: Our second match of the evening uh, was another was a Holy uh, shit, and, and, the and,
1: second match. We better keep be moving.
0: Yeah, we gotta get moving. Uh, the second <laughs> match of the evening, uh, women's eliminator tournament, American bracket. Uh, Serena Deeb, who I think is she still the NWA Women's Champion?
1: She sure is. She came in with the belt and okay, I,
0: I missed, I missed the belt then uh, against the returning Reho. Jeff
1: respects women so much that he will not look down at a oh, woman wrestling. Shut up. No, I,
0: I wasn't. Oh. No, I, I'll confess, I wasn't looking at the screen at the time. Because so. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Reho, who has not been around <laughs> since before lockdown.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time.
0: Uh, good thing she was keeping limber in in stardom while she was
1: out. Yeah, they mentioned, and I think that, you know this is part of the forbidden door being wide open. I guess they explicitly make sure to mention every like promotion all their talent has been wrestling in uh, outside of AEW. And you know what? It it makes sense. Like in every other like real combat sport, you mention. Like where uh, else other people fought, right? So there's no reason not to WWE. You know, setting the standard for doing it the other way and not mentioning like where people work has always been the wrong decision.
0: Um, well, you know, I think WCW was pretty guilty of that too. Honestly, Yeah. No,
1: they did. No, they like they always had Mike Tenay on to like mention like all the different places people right, wrestle, but like... they
0: would never mention WWF though. The,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that was really necessarily right either, but it's uh, totally different circumstances and they don't need to mention wWE specifically, but they can mention all the other places
0: by the oh, way, this match it still works. this match
1: was pretty good by the way. <laughs> it was very good actually yeah uh, uh... it's great to see Riho back. Riho adds a lot to the division. There's a lot of places that you can put her. There's a lot of storylines she can get involved in. There's a lot of matches that she can have out there that are uh, uh, instantly very effective for the profile of the women's division. Like, you just saw what they gave her, what, 10, 12 minutes was this match? Something like that, yeah. Okay, fantastic match. Uh, Really great stuff. She could have that match with anyone on the roster. And she has before. Like, I mean, the championship match with Nyla was great.
0: Oh, yeah, no. No, she's really good. No, she, she, yeah, she has been missed. I'll say that.
1: She's she, very versatile. She... And like for a small person, that's uh it's a skill to have. I mean, it's, it's mis- like, you know, Rey Mysterio comparisons. I feel like are pretty lame and like people make them too often, but this is like one I feel like I can make because Riho genuinely doesn't look like who you'd expect to be a professional wrestler traditionally, but can do everything you want a top level, like elite wrestler to do.
0: Uh, I, I agree. Uh, and she does get the win on Serena Deeb. So that even if she doesn't win this tournament, she may be able to back pocket an NWA women's title match. I would point.
1: expect that to happen probably on Dynamite. I feel like that's a match they would put on Dynamite. Uh,
0: After that, we get a, uh, a vignette of training between Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. And Jesus Christ, Jade Cargill is just... A superhero? ...supremely jacked
1: jake cargill is a superhero um yeah no this is all great except for the very clear destruction of kayfabe once you see somebody working on free throws with shaquille o'neal <laughs> that's where i draw the line jeff that's where i draw the line sorry look
0: we all know this shit couldn't throw free do free throws for shit we all know
1: look i know about bad free throw shooters i'm a pistons fan i watched ben wallace
0: <laughs> Our third match of the evening, Orange Cassidy versus Luther. I have one word written about this match. Eh.
1: It was fine.
0: Eh, yeah. I'm glad it was short.
1: Yeah. So, the only important thing from this match, Jeff, who was in the Serpentico mask this week?
0: (laughs) I think it was Serpentico.
1: You think it was Serpentico? this,
0: This time, yes.
1: I think it was Clifton Collins Jr.
0: Okay. Um... You, you you might be right. We we still never know who's yeah. actually in that Sorpendigo match. Uh you know who was not part of this match?
1: Who was not part of this match?
0: Uh Miro, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford. Thank God. <laughs>
1: I'm assuming that uh, Kip and Penelope are like on their honeymoon, probably right. Could,
0: I mean, that could be. I
1: mean, they just got shoot married. I would expect there to be a shoot honeymoon.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean. That's that's so, true. I mean, but there's no there was no Miro either.
1: So Miro is probably home with his wife, future WWE women's champion Lana.
0: I thought that was uh I thought they devo- Oh wait, no, that was Kay
1: No, they just like I think they had another cake spot. I think they cake spotted their way out. <laughs> I think it involved cake.
0: We then get a Team Taz segment, which brings out Steve Stinger. <laughs> For the-
1: Stephen J. Stinger.
0: Uh, I, I, you know, I'm glad we're rolling with this Steve Stinger. Steve thing.
1: Stinger is the is a great name. Uh, Steven J. Stinger, player.
0: That was uh, to, to, to quote, uh, you know, the the former co-host of this show, Chris Domiceno, That was the safest powerbomb Sting has taken in many years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of comparisons. So I think this, first of all. Great job, Steve Stinger. Uh, Much respect to Steve Stinger for for bumping out there. Obviously, he's clear to do so. I did think it looked good when he attacked Brian Cage. I thought he did a really good job there. I mean, he took a great bump. Um, I'm pretty sure it was on purpose that his first spot back was a powerbomb, right? I think he had something to prove on that. Yeah. Uh, Obviously and famously, his last bump was a buckle bomb from one uh, uh, CrossFit Jesus, Seth Rollins. One Tyler Black.
0: Goddamn Tyler Black.
1: <laughs> Goddamn Tyler Black. But no, it's it's okay because Sting's back. It's fine.
0: We then get a backstage promo from Eddie Kingston. Uh, actually, this promo was fire. I, yeah, I, I, it, it it was it was not like he wasn't screaming, but it was a fire promo. <laughs> what yeah, what just, he was saying? I dropped a can. No, it's fine. Keep going. Oh no. Uh, I mean, no it, it was just great the the way he said that that Moxley was a demon that he needs to beat because you know drinking drugs pills women n- none of it can take you know you know take away the demon that is Moxley from from uh from Kingston King so I thought that
1: was great No they can't but they can do a lot of other things
0: <laughs> Uh Next up, we had a summit with <clears throat>
1: WWE champion, Kenny Omega. Whoops. Wait, wait, the what? The what, champ? Wait, excuse me? Yeah. Uh, you know what? So I missed this on broadcasting. Yeah, it's going to go around. JR made a little bit of an oopsie.
0: Yeah, just just a bit. Um, just
1: a tiny little guy.
0: With uh, Kenny Omega in the kindergarten. And uh, it, it was whatever. I mean, it was, you know, Kenny being a I dope.
1: I have to credit my girlfriend for this one, but she looked over at me and was like, oh my God, is 9-11 about to happen?
0: <laughs> whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Wow. I was just waiting for Kenny Omega to be like, well, this is the story, my pet goat. <laughs> uh,
0: I was afraid that they were going to leave the belt in, in the kindergarten. like uh, you imagine like, George like, like W. Like Jer- Bush like dressed to-
1: exactly like Kenny Omega?
0: <laughs> <laughs> including with the aviators?
1: yep talk about character rehabilitation i mean they put him in the flight suit that one time that's true they did they did stick him in the flight suit All kenny right. omega flight suit now we're going places uh, but by
0: the way i yeah please can we not rehabilitate george w bush please
1: no, no 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 fuck george w we're talking about people that suck rush limbaugh sucks george w bush sucks like make no mistake about it monsters devils demons
0: our fourth match of the evening: uh, the Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. How have Santana and Ortiz been in this company since the premiere of Dynamite and never had a, a world tag team title shot? Inner Circle. That is, that is, that is
1: gross to me. It is, but also, you know, we we talked about this last week on the podcast you know, waiting turns and looking at long-term story. This is a tag team that's going to mean a lot to this company for a long time. You have the young bucks now who are obviously kind of scaling back, right? Like they're getting their last big run in now. And that's pretty apparent. Uh, I think it's the same with some people around the tag team roster. um, You have these guys uh, holy shit. I lost my train of thought just in the middle of talking. I've been drinking. Well, uh... and,
0: and, Yeah. You've been, you've been drinking, smoking. I've
1: oh, been okay. celebrating Rush Limbaugh's death is really what I'm doing. I'm just happy that that guy just isn't around anymore. Uh, long okay. story sh- OK, so long story short, this thinking w- long term, it's good that you have guys like that can kind of wait their turn that you can have for these type of spots and for down the road. I think these guys are going to hold belts for like a long time, but we're talking years, right? This is a show that's going to be on for a long time, and these guys are going to be there at the top of the scene for a long time.
0: Well, that's the, what I meant. To well, they hope it's going to be on for a long time. I, I'm, I still think that that's kind of optimistic, but we'll, we you know what? We shall see.
1: It's a really interesting take. I think this show is pretty safe. I mean, well, maybe. Okay,
0: maybe. That's I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, we'll see. Anyway, this match—I thought the the match itself was fine. I hated the finish, though. Did you? I thought the finish what? was
1: weak. What? Why? Elaborate.
0: I mean, a a, a flash pin off of uh, uh, for what?
1: Well, it made me boo, and I think that was the point. Okay. I think the idea is make people mad about this and make you want to see the Young Bucks lose because this is bullshit.
0: Yeah. And it I mean, was bullshit. It, it just felt like a, a really weak finish after what I thought was a pretty decent match. You know, Again, I, mean,
1: I think that was the point. Yeah, Maybe. May I think the point was to do that, to take the wind out of your sails a little bit and go, fuck the Young Bucks. Now, God damn it!
0: Now, one thing is that the entire inner circle got booted from the ringside area. I just, you know, I, I was just kind of, kind of miffed that Rick Knox didn't also do a crotch chop like when Red Shoes kicks out the entire Bullet Club. <laughs> I like that.
1: I like that. But no, Red Shoes is Red Shoes, man. There's only one.
0: Um, afterwards, the inner circle immediately come out to beat the shit out of the Young Bucks, and uh, the Young Bucks only get help from Brandon Cutler while Kenny Omega. Uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows just kind of, eh, you know, saunter about, you know?
1: They saunter, well, uh, they, Kenny wanted to go out and Callis talked Kenny out of it and whispered something to uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Anderson and Gallows walked out. They kind of, you know, took their time a little bit and the commentators made sure to say, "All oh, these guys are taking their time. They're sauntering. I'm pretty sure one of them said sauntering. Uh, and Anderson and Gallows came out, Inner Circle quickly exits the ring everybody fucks off
0: right so yeah i mean yeah i mean i mean we we know it's part of the the angle where callus is trying to get omega away from the box so
1: yeah and this is like part of the whole thing there's gonna be probably some like stuff around like oh what did callus whisper to those guys or whatever but uh yeah the storyline continues
0: uh after that was something I completely missed because I had to take my dogs out, and I'm kind of glad I did. Uh, apparently, we did a gender reveal for the the, the offspring of Cody and, and Brandy Runnels.
1: It was quick. It's a girl. They didn't burn anything
0: down. Keep moving. Oh, good. Jeez. <laughs> That's a relief. Uh, I also missed most of this match. Uh, FTR versus Matt and creepy-ass yoga warrior Mike Seibel. <laughs>
1: I don't know anything about Mike Seidel other than he's Matt Seidel's brother.
0: God, he's a creep. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, He's always giving me bad vibes. Yeah, he really has.
1: Interesting. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know anything about this guy. It was a good match. FTR rocks. They're one of the best tag teams on earth. And uh, the Seidel's, I will say, like, their specific wrestling skill set made them great uh, uh, dance partners for FTR. I thought this match clicked. Uh, had a lot of really good stuff going on, and Cash Wheeler had an especially good like uh, second rope like reversal German suplex, like a flip. Uh, it's really good stuff. Uh, so there was a lot to like about this one. I really enjoyed watching it.
0: Uh, FDR, yeah, FTR do good. Th- yeah, FTR about about do good. What, what do they call that? Good night Express.
1: Good night Express.
0: Okay. Afterwards, we get uh, previews for next week, which uh, I've now forgotten most of because I didn't write them down. A lot going on next week. Tune
1: in to Boom Goes Dynamite to hear us recap all the stuff that happens next week. That's a tease. We didn't get a
0: John Moxley promo that I unfortunately missed most of. Um, I'm sure it was good.
1: It was classic John Moxley, and one of the ones that just made me remember how good he is all the time. Like it's always on for this guy and there's no one like he it was like a small inconsequential promo, just kind of hyping up the match ahead. And, you know, the weeks ahead with his IWGP uh, U.S. championship and how he wanted to break Kenta's neck and put him in the ground. Uh, Some 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 things he said he wanted to do to Kenta. classic Moxley fashion. But really, he's the true anchor of this television show. It's John Moxley. You can make the case for a lot of things, but John Moxley is, like, the real heart of AEW Dynamite.
0: You know, I, I have a hard uh, time disagreeing with
1: that. He carries this show in a way I just don't think anyone else can. His charisma and his attitude and his personality are, like, the what you want that brand to be. And if you were to like say, what is AEW Dynamite, or if you wanted to show somebody what is AEW Dynamite and what's when is it at its best, you show them John Moxley, right?
0: Oh yeah, but no, I mean he always is one of the high point point yeah, high he points of the show. He has an appeal
1: to not just wrestling fans, but just a, an audience at large and just everybody because he has an attitude that's infectious that draws you to him and you just go, mm, "Fuck yeah, dude." <laughs> You know, you You get get hyped, you get excited because, you know, like this guy fucking means it. I mean,
0: I I still just admire the fact that he's still gone on this long and they haven't given him like some sort of catchphrase yet. He he just every promo is different,
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, everything's a cat. Yeah, it's a new catchphrase every week. He doesn't really need one. And on that note... But this is, like, one of the things that, you know, AEW has done well is, like, give a little more creative control to promo writing from the wrestlers themselves, which leads to less of that, like, forced catchphrase stuff. Like, when you have writers every week and you have, like, gimmicks you want to hit and, like, that kind of stuff, that's when you get kind of more into that. Or when you're someone like Chris Jericho who, you know, has made his name off of, like, coining catchphrases.
0: Right. And on that note, our main event of the evening... Uh, John Moxley teaming with Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix against uh, Eddie Kingston family. Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade. Uh, This match slapped...
1: I oh thought this yeah, match was great. Starts off with a great mask by uh, Phoenix's mask this week. Yeah, career. that yeah, that uh-huh. over
0: mask he was wearing that was that was something. We we were hoping that that was his mask for the for the match, but no, it was just an entrance mask.
1: So. He was wearing it for the first like couple of spots, and then he pulled he pulled it off. Right. But. Super cool. Yeah, the overmasking, like the whole, uh, it was like a gi, like a silk gi with, uh, with, with like the lettering on it.
0: Yeah, kind of very Pentagon-like, actually.
1: Yes, I think he was paying a little homage to his brother there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they, they do that constantly. It rocks. Other,
1: so. They're um, the best. Uhter brothers rule so much.
0: <laughs> they, they do. Um, one of the things I, I really did admire about this was how uh, the Kingston Butcher and Blade actually isolated Lance Archer, of all people.
1: Yes, and uh, it led to a lot of really interesting spots involving Lance Archer, who is just killing it right now. He's just like the ideal big man for AEW and kind of them to have that like big wrestler legitimacy that you need to compete with, you know. Uh, a WWE you know a big company you know the home of the Giants or whatever uh you need like your you need some big men too you can't just have people that are young buck sized wrestling all the time and Uh, you need like big legit athletes and Lance Archer is all of a big legit athlete
0: and my god that that spot where he he corkscrew choke slams Ray Phoenix so good oh my
1: god uh, that 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 I went fantastic. the uh some all the top rope walking spots were great and I think Ray Phoenix's uh, second rope spinning back body kick might be my favorite wrestling move right now.
0: It, 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 he looks so, so crisp good. when he does it. It's, yeah.
1: such a, yeah, it's such a beautiful move, and no one else does it, and no one else I don't think really can do it the way he does. It's just, I think it's perfect.
0: You know, I, I swear. But, oh, yes. Both, both Penta and Phoenix need need big singles runs because they are just showing out every time.
1: They do, but it's so hard to split them up when the Lucha Brothers are just absolute money in AEW right now. It's like you don't really need to until you like you have a lot of time to pull that trigger.
0: Yeah, I guess. I I I guess. I know. I just. I mean, with, with, with Pentagon with Penta's injury too. You know, it just kind of derailed that.
1: Uh, But from everything I know about Pentagon, he's going to slap some Icy Hot on it, and we'll see him back in a couple of weeks.
0: The match ends with... You'll be uh, able to
1: smell the muscle cream through your television.
0: (laughs) The match ends with uh, Moxley hitting uh, a Death Rider for the ages on Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston took that like a champ.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: And, uh, you know, Moxley gets the pin, only to be uh, attacked post-match by the good brothers which brings out kenny omega and i hear words i never thought i was ever going to hear on american wrestling television
1: first of all before you say it i am so proud of us for not bringing it up until the end because i wanted to and i was just like oh but i wanted to wait until the end of the podcast till to really hit it home what's happening here you know, I, so I, please, please I, go ahead
0: at, at one time i actually said How soon before we actually get before we get an actual death match on AEW programming? And maybe maybe this was back when Lawrence was still working. No, no, no. You said that to me. I remember. Was it you? Okay. You said that to me. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a challenge for an exploding barbed wire death match.
1: Exploding barbed wire death match. Woo!
0: Somewhere at Sushi Onita
1: ears perked up and he doesn't know why it's really (laughs) happening and Jeff we're gonna talk a lot about this before it happens I am sure but I'll say tonight these are the two perfect guys to be doing this in AEW I could I genuinely I truly could not pick two better candidates you know I'm serious I I I am so
0: glad these are the guys and my God, you know, thanks to Excalibur being being the 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 nerd that he is, my God, he actually mentioned Kawasaki Stadium on American TV.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Excalibur has been on it lately, and like I think one of the big things that shined in his commentary, we didn't really talk about that much when we brought that up, but Excalibur did the commentary solo for the Japanese side of the women's tournament, right? And he was great. He was really fun to hear, just do by himself. And very and informative the- and. He does that, and I brought up, you know, his uh, uh, chemistry with Taz. When he's not babysitting JR, he's just so good. Yeah,
0: and, uh, using using proper pronouns for, for Venny so as well, you know. Just... I think,
1: you know, he sacrifices a little bit, stepping back to make sure he can put JR in a position to succeed. And I think that goes unsung a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be a main commentator by himself uh for a major promotion but yeah i mean he he held his own on doing these matches jr
1: and shivani are old and he is not and i expect again i don't i think this tv show will be on for a long time shivani at
0: least still has his wits about him
1: yeah yeah no jr (laughs) has only got a year or two left i think commentating i don't think he's going to be doing it that much longer
0: but again exploding barbed wire death match exploding barbed wire death match Oh, God. If they can actually pull this off, my God.
1: And, and in, in a great twist, in a perfectly fitting day of Rush Limbaugh's bitch-ass death, uh, this all happens on Juggalo Day.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you, you had a special request as, as we
1: All of these things. Jeff, I see miracles every day. I see <laughs> miracles in every way.
0: Jeff, uh. miracles happen
1: every day, and we proved it on AEW Dynamite Tonight. Uh, Rush Limbaugh died. Miracle. Okay. Um, exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch. Miracle. We made it through this podcast. <laughs> Miracle. Oh, miracles happen every day.
0: Go ahead and plug yourself, man. <laughs> you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at ThickFlairTTV on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ThickFlair. Also, listen to my other podcast, Fake Fight, Real Fight. You can follow them on FFRF Pod. Uh, new episodes every Friday. And uh, that's
0: it. And uh, where can we find this podcast?
1: Oh, I'm doing that too. You can find this podcast. You always do
0: this
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> This is the one time it was going to be different. No. <laughs> Follow this podcast on Twitter at BGTD podcast. That's BGTD like boom goes the dynamite BGTD podcast on Twitter.
0: You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GDWessel2S is 1L. This past weekend, I did uh, both Busting Balls and uh, a new Strong Style Story where I talk a lot about uh, KG Muto. Uh it winning, <laughs> winning a title at age fifty
1: eight. How long until he comes and beats Darby Allen for the TNT belt?
0: Oh geez, wow. You know, he the said, forbidden
1: door's open, Jeff.
0: He said well, he's not in it. Well, he's not in New Japan,
1: so <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter anymore. That's
0: true. He did forbidden say he door. he, he does say he does want to defend the NOAA title on impact though
1: which I love. I love that impact is like becoming like the home for people to like bring their other belts. I think that rocks. <laughs> and I think Don Callis is very smart for facilitating this. Uh,
0: so Paul, we're, we're going to fade out with your, w- w- with a request from you. Do you have any last words beforehand? Whoop, whoop. Okay. And with that
1: whoop, drink fago.
0: we'll see you next week. <laughs> we got a theory. You see, Mike, We got a theory about magic
1: and miracles. That's right. That's right. If magic is all we've ever known Then it's easy to miss what really goes on But I've seen miracles in every way And I see miracles every day Oceans spanning beyond my sight And a million stars way above them at night You don't have to be high to look in the sky And know that's a miracle open wide Look at the mountains, trees, the seven
0: seas And everything chilling underwater, please Hot lava, snow, rain and fog Long neck giraffe, the pet cat and dogs, and I've seen 85,000 people all in one room together as equal. Your magic is the birth of my kids. I seen shit that'll shock your eyelids. The sun and the moon, and even
1: Mars. The Milky Way of fucking shooting stars. UFOs